You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, yeah. I love that sound. Always makes me smile because that is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources that were once reserved for big business so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Listen. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Entrepreneurs know this. You would not even believe what we started selling when we started this podcast. In fact, I don't even want to get into it. But we have moved so far beyond that, and I am not stopping there because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. And the great thing about Shopify is it has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. But don't take my word for it. Try it yourself. Find out what I already know. Go to shopify.com slash Rome, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Again, go to shopify.com slash Rome right now. Find out for yourself. Shopify.com slash Rome. Some people come off as the nicest people in the world and they're cutthroat and complete you know, buttholes behind the scenes. So I think first it's a, a self-evaluation. Who am I when I interact? How is that received? What am I projecting? They don't have to like you. They have to respect you. Hey now, it's cracking. Thank you for once again finding your way back to the Jim Rome Podcast. It is hard to believe, but we are knocking out episode number 218 this week. Less hard to believe, though, as we have another great conversation on deck. This week, my guest is former NFL quarterback and Super Bowl 37 champ, Sean King. And my man is good. He is really, really good. He started Tulane as a two-time Conference USA Player of the Year before he went to the Bucks in the second round of the 1999 draft. He wound up taking Tampa to the playoffs twice as a starter before backing up Brad Johnson on the Bucks lombardi run in 03. Then, after hanging him up, he got into coaching at high school and on the D1 level, and now he has taken his game and his talents to VSIN, the sports betting network where he co-hosts the Nightcap. In other words, my guy Sean can talk some ball, and he can talk some gambling, and he can talk to ponies, which means we have a lot to get done today and a lot to cover, so let's get right at it. This is a really good conversation. How do I know? I've already done it. It's awesome. It's episode 218 with former NFL quarterback Sean King, and it's coming at you right now. Sean, it has been a minute or two since you and I have gotten a chance to chop it up, so it's great to have you on this pod. How you living, my dude? How are things? Man, it's been so long, Jim. I had hair and abs the last time we talked. <laughs> <laughs> the best. Now I'm bald with a belly, but I'm still the same good dude, man. Hey, I want to give you your roses while you're still living. Shout out to you. Longevity, consistency, one of the OGs in this game, man. So glad you're still doing your thing. 
My man, I can't say how much I appreciate that. That is such an awesome thing to say. I, I take that so seriously. I appreciate you so much, and that is really nice. I would say the same thing about you, Sean. It is great to get caught up, and you are a good dude. You are still a good dude and still funny as can be. Listen, bring me up to date. You joined VEASAN, and that's the Sports Betting Network last year. You, because of what you bring to it, you've had a lot of really good media opportunities since your playing days. How is this one different, and how do you like it? Well, I actually get to help people make money and I can be candid and honest all the time. You know, one of the issues I had when I went into broadcasting before I I, I ultimately left the coach was the censorship, you know, depending on which network, you know, what area, what region, what specific team. You had to sometimes be careful. You couldn't just, you know, be completely honest and, and call it like you saw it. So you know, VEASAN gives me an opportunity to, to really be blunt, be honest, and also to help people make money. So what's more American than somebody being able to invest in the stock market or go buy Bitcoin or Jim Rome coin? So sports betting, that was the next domino that was going to fall. So to be able to give my insight, you know, my expertise and help people not only watch the game and enjoy the game, but hopefully at the end of the game, have a couple extra dollars in their pocket. I just love that opportunity. My man, you nailed it. That's exactly what that is. Like early in my career, Sean, when you say like I'm one of the OGs, early in my career when I was in local radio, you know, I worked for a big time radio station in San Diego, but they had the charger rights. So very clearly you understood where your bread was buttered, right? You knew what you should say, maybe what you couldn't say. I wanted to bust out of that and do a national program so I was not beholden to anybody. So you nailed it. I know exactly what you're talking about. And on top of that, now you can help people get paid. In fact, let me ask you this like I've done this a long time and I used to say Sean I don't need action and I don't need to get down to enjoy the games which is true however that said I cannot believe how having even a little action on games changes the way I watch games and they've paid me to watch games for decades like it's incredible to me Sean how I care so much even without hitting the games that hard (laughs) how do you approach gambling and how does it affect the way you watch and talk about the games now well, I've always watched football from like a former player, former coach standpoint. So I'm not really watching the entertainment side as much as I'm really delving into the X's and O's and the body language of the different players and the matchups. So if I do have a wager on the game, I try to keep my emotions out of it. It's almost impossible. But again, it's the truth. The truth doesn't have emotions. And I think if you go into a game understanding the situation, then you can deal with the outcome. And uh, I think it's a great thing, man. It's gotten a lot of non-traditional football fans to be interested in football. And I think that's a great thing. That's why the salaries continue to skyrocket. That's why the, the TV numbers continue to escalate. That's why just everything in that business is just blo- blooming. It's because it's more and more interest. And it's, it's a weird little scenario because, Jim, this initially started with fantasy football. You know, it was, that's what kind of catapulted the people into player props, which then the player props turned into the DraftKings and the Bet Us's and, you know, the different apps where you could only bet the props. And now it's just full scale, you know, a lot of states are legalizing gambling altogether. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. Listen, one more thought about that, Sean. Like, for instance, I mean, it's a given, but I'll restate it, and not because we have to, but we should. Obviously, you don't want to gamble what you can't afford to lose. You have to understand what it is. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we know this. You know this, and and I want to make that point. Having said that, and, and I love it, and I have a blast with it, and yeah, we have a relationship with DraftKings, and I like that relationship very, very much. Let me ask you this. It's a really hard thing to do. All of that said, it is a blast, and it's fun. But I know guys like you that played the game at the highest level, that have coached the game at the highest level, and it's still hard to beat the spread. So what advice would you have for somebody who might be new to it, who wants to dabble in it and have a little fun with it when it's so hard to get that edge? How should they approach it? Well, I think the first thing you should do is if you're passionate about a team, then just pick spots where you can back your team. And don't get so invested financially that, it emotionally puts you on a roller coaster. It hijacks you. You know, it's nothing better than, you know, being a Los Angeles Rams fan and saying, okay, I'm going to put 10 bucks on the Rams before the season, you know, at five to one to win the Super Bowl. And you kind of get to just watch that bet the entire year. And if it wins, it wins. If it doesn't, it doesn't. For the person that wants to get a little more involved, you have to separate your, uh, your emotions from the outcomes. Because no matter how good you are, there are going to be things you can't control. A guy's going to fumble the ball. A guy's going to throw an interception. You know, if you've got the Bills money line in the AFC playoffs, they're going to score. And some kind of way, Kansas City is going to find a way to score with under 30 seconds. So, I mean, things happen that, that you can't control. And if you're really going to try and do it, like for a living or do it, you know, extensively, I think bankroll management is what you have to really understand that one unit is one unit. One play is one play. Like, this play ain't going to change your life. There are no lottery tickets, you know, all there, you know, when it comes to gambling. You have to just be consistent if there's something you like. You know, Jim say you like betting home dogs. Then you wait for the spots where you like a home dog and you wager, and then you have patience and discipline to not overextend yourself into other areas. And I think if you can have that discipline, you can do it, make some money, and have fun. I think this is like a mini seminar onto itself. There's so much good information in that, especially for people who are just getting into it. The NBA playoffs means next level basketball. Get in on that first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And this week, new customers can bet 5 bucks on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. And each day of the first round, get a risk-free bet of up to 10 bucks if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. How do you beat this? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Rome. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code Rome at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. One last thought, like when you, before we move on to the NFL, when you played, did you pay much attention to the lines? Was that ever a topic in the conversation in the locker room? And what do you think it's like right now for guys who do play? So I'm only 44, Jim, and 
if you look around America, it feels like I'm 144 because people won't believe this when I tell them. When I was drafted in 1999, you could not text from your cell phone. Hmm. You had to have a two-way pager if you wanted to basically email. We didn't really know what texting was at the time. There was no Twitter. Facebook was kind of around, but it wasn't a, a you know utilized for things like that. This is pre MySpace, so so I mean, just the the information age hadn't really hit. So you still were kind of regionalized as far as the information you got. So you were the exposure wasn't there for you to really be exposed to areas that you weren't interested in. And at the time, gambling wasn't something, you know, that, that we understood it. We knew about as an industry or, 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 or to the magnitude it is now, now the guys have a much more difficult, difficult situation because everything, the information is always instant. Oh, I can't believe you dropped that pass. He cost me X amount of dollars. I had them, you know, so it, it's a little different. I think the pressure, is real. I think, uh, especially when there's personal feelings mixed into it, Kyrie, the Boston Celtics fans is a perfect example. You know, it probably was some Brooklyn Nets fans mad at Kyrie too, because they had the Nets money line. He just thought they were Boston fans. So uh, there's, it's a different environment, but it's also one, you know, I was raised to whom much is given, much is required. Listen, with the way these salaries have skyrocketed, hey, put more pressure on me because they're getting paid. Listen, Sean, these are all really valid points. The thing is, you're right. I think there's going to be more vitriol, more hostility from the fans if they lose their bets. But, of course, the leagues and the players are benefiting from the gambling as well because of all this money that's coming in. I don't want to lose track of this. I love one point that you just made when you said that back in 99 when you were drafted, there wasn't even texting. There were two-way pagers. My guy, like I'm old enough to be your dad. I know the two-way pager. We're talking about that Motorola, the Motorola, the brick, the big silver brick, right? How awesome was that device? Yeah, dude, it was just a monster to wear around your waist. But, man, I love that thing. I love that. All right, so technology is something different. Let me ask you this. What, what Sean, went through your head when you first heard that Tom Brady retired? Did you buy that when you heard that, or what did you think the first time? Well, historically, Jim, all-time greats don't walk away after that kind of season. So that's what gave me pause. I mean, he had just thrown for... 4,500 plus yards. I think it was like 40 touchdowns, a bad defensive call from going to overtime to get to the NFC championship game. So when we look back in history, most guys get old and leave the game because they can't do it anymore. So when I heard it, I just thought, you know, he's probably emotional right now. He's got the kids, you know, he, he he's drained you know, from a long season, all the antics that happened with Tampa, all the injuries, you know, he probably just needs to get away for a little bit and, and let things settle down and, and he'll rethink it. Uh, and that's ultimately how it ended up playing out. Now, I was 100% sure, but my, my the catalyst for that opinion, for that energy that I felt was who walks away after that kind of season? And what a lot of people thought was an MVP season. I know Rodgers won it, but you could make a legit argument that, that Brady was, was just as good, if not better. Sean, I think everything you just said makes sense. Like, especially when you have a guy like that who's that competitive. It probably was really frustrating. He probably had to get some time, get away from it. And, and I agree with all those things you just said. How much of it, if you had to guess, Sean, is about that 
and then how much of it might be about reports that he was going to go to the Dolphins and, you know, get that piece of ownership, get that opportunity, bring Sean Payton. You know that report. Do you think that was the case? How much of that factored into a retirement decision by him, if you had to guess? I don't know, Jim, if that factored into the actual retirement decision. I do think that's what got the blood boiling to come back. And and listen, there's no limit to what rich guys can come up with when they get together at these fancy dinners. <laughs> <Right. and, laughs> We're talking about Mr. Ross that owns the NFL team and, and Tom Brady, Sean Payton. There's a lot of money sitting at that dinner table. So I'm sure they had concocted the perfect scenario. Okay, Brady will give you a little piece of the Dolphins. You can come back, play quarterback, maybe mentor Tua. Peyton, you can get out of New Orleans. I love New Orleans, by the way, but it's not Miami. And you can come to Miami, better weather, you know, more beautiful real estate. And and you know what? We're going to trade for Tyreek Hill here in a little bit. I think we got that deal done. So I'm sure at at that moment it worked. But, again, Tampa's going to defend you know, their assets. You know, I think New Orleans would have put up a fuss about Peyton too, but I, I think it in their mind, I think they thought it could happen. And, you know, I think it showed that Tom was having second thoughts. And ultimately, when it's all said and done, Tampa, I love Tampa. I'm from the Bay Area. It's not Miami, but Tampa's a heck of a city to live in. And the Bucks have a roster, even though it's getting older, that's capable of winning another championship. So I just think at the end, that was too much you know, for, for a guy that just coming off that kind of season. But, hey, HM, you know, when rich guys get together now, they can change the world. Oh, do they do, and they try, and they think they can, and in a lot of ways they can. They Rich people can do things that the rest of us folk can't do. I get that, Sean. Hey, clones, what do we want when we're craving protein and we need more energy? I'll tell you what we don't want. Bars, sugary snacks, energy drinks. Nah, we want beef, pure and simple. So where's the beef? It's in a package of Old Trapper beef jerky. Old Trapper is not your father's jerky. Shriveled, dry, tasteless. No, Old Trapper beef jerky is made from lean strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. So it's tender and tasty. It's never tough. So why is it so good? Because Old Trapper is a 50-year-old family business known for their relentless commitment to quality. In other words, they take smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Old Trapper is packed with protein and comes in four amazing flavors to satisfy all your cravings. Quality smoked meat at its finest that goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, anywhere at all. So look for Old Trapper in the clear view bag. You can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You know, you mentioned New Orleans. Let me talk about that region of the country for a minute. You had one of the best seasons in college football history in 1998 when you threw for the touchdowns. You ran for 11 more. You led Tulane to a perfect 12-0 record. What kind of thoughts do you have when you think back on that season? Sean, what do you remember most about it? Well, just a great group of guys, man, that really were selfless, you know, that allowed themselves to be coached, you know, allowed the leaders in the locker room, one of those being me, to push them to be their best every day. And, you know, from a, a macro standpoint, I felt like that two-lane team changed college football because we were doing the four-wide receiver, inside zone, zone read, RPO stuff in 1999. And I think that offense started to kind of 
permeate other places. And now that's basically all you see. I also think it was the first weapon that was fired over the enemy lines as far as non-Power 5 schools having a chance to ultimately play in the big dance. And that culminated with Cincinnati, you know, making the the college football playoffs this year. But we were kind of that first team because we had gotten to to seven, Jim, in about week nine, ten, and then they wouldn't move us up. People in front of us were losing, and we were winning, and, and they kind of made us stay there. And then you had Boise State that ended up beating Oklahoma. I think that was the Adrian Peterson Oklahoma team in the Fiesta Bowl, and then it kind of just gained momentum. And, you know, then you had Central Florida who said they won a national championship, and it's kind of culminated with Cincinnati actually making the college football playoffs. So I'd like to think that we kind of created that offense. And shout out to Rich Rodriguez, who it came from a little school called Glenville State to be the offensive coordinator at Tulane and bring that system. And we kind of gave David a chance in college football. I love the Rich Rod reference. That's big. And, Sean, you're right. You guys were way ahead of your time. You know, something you said at the beginning of the answer I find fascinating. I've always thought this is really interesting about QB1s at that level, at the NFL level. You said, as one of the leaders in the room, I I was charged with making the guys around me better. Like, in terms of that job, if you're going to be a QB1, especially in the NFL, how much of that is about not only preparing yourself so you know you're ready to play on Sunday and you know opposing defenses, but throughout the entire week, you got to be the guy that not only is everybody always looking at and measuring and watching their actions, but how did you go about making sure that everybody around you, maybe even defensively, that they were getting better? Well, I, I live by example. You know, I always was first. I was first to get there. I tried to be first in every competitive aspect. I was first to get into the meetings. I was last to leave. You know, I made sure that I went out of my way to say hello to the secretaries in the building football and other sports. I made sure that every time I saw a coach, head coach of another, you know, program that I went over and asked him how his team was doing. You know, I spent time with the strength and conditioning staff because it's, I understood, like, you know, leadership is not just about being able to lead like a position or a side of the, the offense or defense of the team. I mean, it's about making everybody in that building get behind you know, what you guys are trying to get accomplished. And, and Jim, it's so pertinent to what's happening right now in the NFL. And I think the thing that needs to continually be broadcast on all the national platforms regarding Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield, they are not getting paid by their current team, not because of anything egregious they've done on the field, because they haven't checked all the boxes off the field. You know, they have not done the things that you have to do inside of those buildings to make people believe not only that you're the right quarterback, but you're also the right face of the organization. And so we have all these young quarterbacks coming into the league. If I can tell them anything, listen, man, when you get in that building, it's business. Like you're going to have personal relationships with some of those guys. Man, listen, you have to find balance. That GM, when he sees you, the way you dress, the way you speak to him, you know, the way you handle failure, the way you handle success, you know, your attention to detail in the training room, your attention to detail from a strength and conditioning standpoint, how do you treat the people in the cafeteria, you know, how engaging are you, you know, with the secretaries and the, the, the assistant coaches, they all talk. 
And so all those interactions are important if you want to get that big contract before your rookie contract is up. If you're a parent, you know this. Kids are amazing, but they are expensive. However, with Fabric, protecting your family with term life insurance is surprisingly affordable. Fabric was built specifically for parents to help you manage your family's financial future like a parenting pro, stress-free. And Fabric's new lower prices mean significant savings over other providers with great policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. And everything is on your schedule with Fabric because it's all online. Less than 10 minutes to apply and you can be offered coverage instantly with no health exam required. Then just personalize your quote to fit your family's needs and you will be set with high quality, affordable protection for your entire family. There is no risk to apply today. Fabric has a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. So protect your family with term life insurance right now in just 10 minutes. Apply today at meetfabric.com slash Rome. That's meetfabric.com slash R-O-M-E to start protecting your family right now. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash Rome. Fabric insurance agency policies issued by Vantis Life. Not available in New York and Montana. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, so this is really interesting what you just said, Sean. Maybe you could kind of break that down case by case, at least spend a little bit of time. Like, take the case of Kyler Murray. Last year, Sean, when Arizona was on top and they looked like they might be the team to beat, at least for a moment in the NFC, I was all about Kyler. And in fact, I still am when I look at him athletically. I mean, I think he's an unbelievable athlete. But clearly something is going on, right? There's something missing there. So when you say that a young guy like that has got to figure out what to do, like where is he coming up short? What would you like to see from him that we're not seeing from him, Kyler? Well, so from what I've heard from from different players and people in the organization, he's kind of a spoiled brat in a lot of ways. He's very entitled, you know, kind of a guy that, you know, is not as humble as some people think he should be. And you have to be very careful because the mirror to me is the greatest truth serum that exists. So I think you have to look in the mirror and understand how your natural personalities perceive and then go out of your way to make sure that when you interact with people, they're getting the right message. Because some people could be the sweetest people in the world, but their personality just rolls people the wrong way. And until you really get to know that person, you're going to be like, you know, I don't really like them. And some people come off as the nicest people in the world and they're cutthroat and, and complete, you know, buttholes behind the scenes. So I think first it's a, a self-evaluation. Who am I when I interact? How is that received? What am I projecting? And then you have to work on being somebody that everybody kind of respects. They don't have to like you. They have to respect you. And you have to make sure that you're carrying yourself in a way that people say, yeah, that's that dude. And, and it's not boasting. It's not bragging. You know, it's about looking the part. It's about being the part. And it's about creating confidence that, okay, when we give this young man all of this money, he's not going to get worse. He's going to get better. Sean King joining us. What a great point. All right. First of all, one of the most underrated words in the English language is Butthole. Great word. Love it. 
tremendous use by you of butthole right there. Very appropriate. I mean, not <laughs> not not as it relates to Kyler per se, but there are buttholes in no, the no, world. No, no, not at all. No, there are buttholes in the world, all right? Everybody's got one, but some people are one. Now, what about Baker Mayfield? When you talk, would you say the same thing about Baker that you said about Kyler, or is his situation different? Where is he coming up short? <laughs> Uh, I just think Baker Mayfield's delusional. You know, when, listen, Jim, if me and you hit one the Heisman and been the first pick in the draft, we might be completely different individuals as well. But Baker thinks he's Josh Allen and he's really Drew Brees. And he's never made that transition mentally or from a performance standpoint. And I've said this multiple times. He runs around like he's this super talented unicorn level player. And he's a guy that's Drew Breesish, meaning he has to be fundamentally sound to perform at a high level on a consistent basis. He's not a guy with the arm talent to throw the ball sidearm. He's not Michael Vick. He's not able to do 180 degree spins and change direction three times and throw the ball back across his body. And until he realizes that, I think he's going to be the same kind of roller coaster of a quarterback. Like Drew Brees knew he didn't have the biggest arm. He knew he wasn't the best athlete. So he said, I have to be the best at doing the little things right all the time. And that led him to what is he second all time, I think, in passing yards. It led him to being a Super Bowl champion. Baker has to take that approach. And if he doesn't, then he's never going to reach his full potential. Hmm. And you wonder if he'll understand that. Like Drew Brees was really good at self-assessing, right? He knew what he was. He knew what he wasn't. He knew what he had to do to get separation. He became the hardest worker in the room. I mean, that guy got everything and more out of what he had. And how many of us can really say that? I mean, such a great point. And now a message from Discover About Rewards. If you are a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for that loyalty, preferably with something that's useful, you know, like cashback match. Discover matches all the cash back that you have earned at the end of your first year. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations do apply. Sean, what do you make, and I'm picking my spots because I'm, I'm, I'm loving these conversations so much. I want to be respectful of your time. But what do you make of the story that broke today about Debo Samuel asking the 49ers for a trade? You tell me, but it seems to me like that dude is one of one. Like, I don't know anybody else like that guy. What's going on here? Is this just a matter of money? Is it a matter of role? Why can, would they let him get away? And what do you think is going on? Why is he unhappy? So are you a big fan of HBO's The Wire? Yes, I am. So they had a saying in The Wire, Jim, the game is the game. Right? And the game changed. And it started with Trent Baalke playing Christian Kirk. And then it escalated with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and Stephon Diggs. So now the market is the market. And some teams don't have the stomach to pay that position like the market is now demanding. And I think that's what you're seeing happen in San Francisco because San Francisco utilizes Debo is almost the Swiss army knife plays slot plays outside plays running back plays returner. But they also know there's not a lot of longevity because of the extra physicality with the way they use him. So they don't want to pay him. And Debo's like, listen, I'm just as good as Stefan Diggs. I'm just as good as Tyreek Hill. I'm just as good as Devontae Adams. I want to be paid 
commensurate to what the market says I'm worth. And so I don't think this is going to be the last instance of this happening. Look, Green Bay did the same thing with Adams. I think it's ludicrous. They didn't want to pay him. Uh, Kansas City did the same thing with Tyreek Hill. They didn't want to pay him. So I just think this is going to happen more and more because some teams don't yet have the stomach to pay certain positions at that level. But as they said on the wire, Jim, the game is the game. The game is the game. The game has changed. And wide receivers, I mean, that is the market. The market has changed. Sean, what about, you know, you talk about Tyreek Hill. He's on the move. What about the AFC West? You're in Vegas. The Raiders, I thought, in my opinion, I don't know where you come out. I love their offseason. Man, I love, love, love what they've done. So they're all in. The Chargers taking big swings. Pretty much everybody in the division, except for the team to beat, Kansas City, which let Tyreek Hill get away. I mean, that is a fierce division. In your mind, who is the team to beat now in the West? You know, I'm, I'm a very opinionated person, Jim, but I'm also a very honest person. And I can honestly tell you, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know. It, it's, I love Vegas. I, I love Chandler Jones, you know, being with Max Crosby on that defensive line. Yeah. I love Devontae Adams, you know, now going with uh, Darren Walker and, and Hunter Renfro. But is Derek Carr elite? I mean, he's been there for, what, eight, nine years, and we still – don't know. So, I mean, Denver, was Russell washed up in Seattle? Does Russell still have it? Those other pieces in Denver on offense, Jerry Judy, Courtney Sutton, Tim Patrick, are they ready for prime time now that they're in prime time? With the Chargers, is how many games is Brandon Staley going to lose by going forward on fourth and one on his own 19-yard line? So each team has some questions that we just won't know the answer to until the season starts. But I do applaud all of those organizations because they did decide in the offseason to go all in. And I think their fan bases and all the fan bases deserve that. My dude, you you are opinionated and you are honest. I want to ask you before you go, I'm really curious, Sean, what's it like? Like most people I know love, love Vegas. What's it like, though, to live and work in Vegas? How do you approach that? You know, I love it. I actually live out in Henderson. So, okay. Jim, if you're that's out nice. Here, man, Henderson's up, great, man. Yeah, well, I'm, I will grab take a it. cigar. My man, and, I'd love and, that. And, bef- and I just tell you, it's easy living. Like, almost all the days are kind of the same. You know, it gets hot, you know, but hey, I'd rather be hot than cold. You know, one of my good friends just came back from Seattle and he said it's 30 degrees. So, I'd rather be 85 than 30. That's just me. My blood, you know, don't really operate once the temperature gets under about 50. So, I love it here, man. The kids love it. The wife loves it. You know, I'm coming from Florida. I'm used to the heat, so that's not a big deal. But it's a clean place. The food is fantastic. I've never been in a better food city from a quality standpoint in my life. And I guess it's the competition, like a self-preservation in this city because of all the different restaurants. You can't have a bad one and be successful. You know, it gives you such an entertainment opportunity to shows you know, the Raiders are here now. The Las Vegas Knights are here. They have arena football. They have minor league baseball. You know, hopefully we get NBA basketball at some point. So just so many options, so many things to do. But I do want to tell you this, because this is a connectivity that me and you have that I don't know if you know about. I am the best horse handicapper in the entire country. Let me tell it. I fell in love with horse racing in 1988. There was a Philly running in the derby named Winning Colors. And I saw a white man. I had never seen a white man with white hair. So I just was fascinated 
by this. I'm sitting in St. Pete, Florida. I'm 11 year olds and watching the TV and the Philly one. And I've been hooked on horse racing ever since. And I know you love the ponies too. So I had to make sure I got that in the podcast. I do. Don't don't think for a second that I was going to let you go without bringing that up. Don't think for a second <laughs> that I was not going to close this show with a question about the horses. You know that. You know that. So, yes, I'm aware of that connection. I was saving the very best for last. So when I said to you, I want to ask you two things. I wanted to ask you about living and working in Vegas, and I wanted to ask you about the horses. You already kind of got into this. I was going to say, how did you get into it? Now I know. Have you ever owned or have you always just been a handicapper player? Well, after what they did to Hammer, I figured the black man, that wasn't the industry he needed to get into from an ownership standpoint. So, no, I have not owned any horses. I know you have, and you've owned some very good ones, too. So, kudos to you. No, I haven't. I, I just like to bet, uh, and I don't like to get personally attached like that. It, it's such an unpredictable industry on the ownership side, but... Hey, oh, no, dude, dude by the way, you're so right, and I'm not judging in any way. I, in fact, I would tell anybody that it's it really is. It's the best, yeah. but at the same time, most heartbreaking, most speculative thing ever. I mean, dude, there are some hard businesses. This is probably the hardest business. The highs are higher than anything I've ever experienced. The lows are lower than anything I've ever experienced. And the chances of being successful are so, so slim. So that And look, by the right. way, there's so many different ways to play it right there's some people who only own there's some people who only breed there's some people who only bet there's so many different ways let me ask you do you have an early Kentucky Derby pick are you tracking that sort of thing who do you like right now if you like anybody at all uh I it's really weird because I was such a big Zandone fan but when he went up against Epicenter two races ago Epicenter looked like the better horse now Zandone came back and uh, I think it was the the Lexington or the Bluegrass, one of them, and he won and looked outstanding, beating Smile Happy. Uh, I, right now, I'm probably going to lean Epicenter. I'm hoping the West Coast horse, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Tabor, I think is how you say it. It just won the uh, the prep race uh, out at Santa Anita for the Derby. I hope he takes some money because uh, I'm probably looking at Epicenter Zandon on top right now. My man, you aren't playing. But, you aren't playing but at all. Hor- you yeah, aren't playing at all. You know. You know. You, you can't really make a decision to the, they draw the post. Man, you are not playing at all. You, you, in fact, you, you know, I'll tell you who's another amazing handicapper from our business is Eddie Olchek. I love Edzo. He, he's yeah. big. You're good. The table that you're mentioned, I already hit him. I and he hasn't run much, but when I saw what he did in the Santa Anita Derby, and Sean, I'll be honest with you, we had a horse named Straight Up G, who I named that we mm-hmm. bred, that we own under jungle racing and i'm not gonna lie to you like somebody said to me like why do you keep going to new mexico i'm like why the fuck do you think i keep going to new mexico but trying to stay away from the bathroom monsters man and it's horses like the Low, ones right? that ran the santa anita derby uh, so yeah i know hey, I, shout, out, shout out shout out to bob baffert too man i think what they're doing to him is criminal so does he <laughs> so does he i i've had my ups and downs with bobby b but like Taba, man, he looked good in the San Diego Derby. So I, I, I hit him. Hey, you just I, don't see a horse that, that broke his maiden going one turn, no. step up to that caliber of competition, going two turns, and and and, and win going away. So I mean, he's a freak, dude. Uh, I, right? You, I, you just have to hope that after a horse runs that kind of race that early in his career, there's some regression on Derby Day, especially in a big field like that. I would say that's the one challenge. Being on the West Coast, the fields are a little smaller. You know, and he's going to go into a 20-horse field where if you don't break quiet and you got a bad post, you know, you, you you can get, you know, out of the race early. So 
Great horse, though. I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal performance. Because Messier, a lot of people thought, you know, was one of the favorites for the Derby coming into that race. Yeah, it went right by him. Went right by him. Messier, like, I believe me, as somebody who owns a Colt who's three, I didn't want any part of Messier. I'll admit that. And then he went right by him. And to your point, Sean, really quickly, he, for Tabor to come off uh, like a, a maiden win, to go all the way up to that prep race, which is a fierce race. Great one. Yeah, man. I mean, that that horses do not do that that is incredible and to your point about a regression or a bounce one last thought for the derby for those who do not understand what people have to understand about the derby is it's only for three-year-olds you get one shot it's a 20 horse field which is super unusual and it's a mile and a quarter and some horses most of the horses in that field have never even run that far so you don't know i mean there is so much luck involved talk about how difficult and you've got to have the right jockey how difficult it is to win that race because of all the variables it's almost impossible. It's really a crapshoot. And, you know, the only time that it's kind of ran to form is when the favorites have been horses that have high cruising speed. Yep. So they can be on the lead or right off the lead. I mean, you almost have to throw closers out unless you just get a dream, mind that bird trip, which probably was aided by the slop. I mean, so as I'm handicapping a derby, if a horse doesn't have early speed and a high cruising speed, then I'm probably going to throw them out because the traffic, the bumping, the congestion, it's, it's, it's overwhelming for a three-year-old horse who's relatively still, you know, learning. It's not a developed horse fully. Hey, Sean, last thought, because I mean, you know this stuff cold. I mean, you re- I knew you knew this stuff, but you know it even better than I thought. How, what hooked you? How, how did a single race, as somebody who was a super high-level athlete, what did you see in that first race or the first time you spent time around the game? You're like, damn, I get this. I love this. I want to know more. So winning colors made me fall in love with horse racing. Charismatic made me fall in love with betting horse racing. So remember, I saw winning colors and D.U.N. Lucas in 1988. I got drafted in 1999. So now I have money. So we're sitting at my house because my birthday is May 29th. And of course, Derby's generally the first Saturday in May outside of the COVID year. And I got a bunch of people at my house and the Derby's on and I'm looking at the field, and Dwayne Lucas has a horse charismatic in the race. So I tell my, my boy, I give him $1,000, like, hey, man, I want to bet that trainer. Go put this on that horse. Not knowing how much it was going to pay, not knowing the game. Charismatic, of course, wins at 30 to 1. I pick up 30 grand. So I'm like, wow. So from that day forward, I start really, like, learning pedigrees, jockeys, owners, trainers, you know, difference between route races and sprint races, grass versus dirt versus synthetic, Dude. you know, two-year-old versus. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm an expert now, but that's kind of what got me into the wagering side was 1999 with Charismatic One. Sean, this is incredible. Dude, do you mind? Can I, I got to tell you one more thing, or two more really quick things about the game that you'll understand that others do not. So Dwayne Lucas comes up to me. He rolls up to me a couple of years back at the Breeders' Cup and says, Jim Rome, Dean Wayne Lucas, really nice to meet you. I'm like, holy shit, he knows who I am. <laughs> and like, you, you can understand that, right? That was so cool because this right, guy so is cool. so cool, dude, because he is so cool. You understand. So I know you get that. Sean, I got to tell you this story. I don't think you've heard this, but th- this is the craziest thing ever. So uh, as part of a syndicate, 
we own a filly named Power Surge. And you know how this goes. Like, I literally hit every horse that we have. Even if I know that we're not in the best spot, you just do it, right? I never bet against our horses. The closest thing to a bet against is a non-bet. But I hit all of them. You know, I just throw down a little bit of money online. Sean, we run this filly, and she'd been running up north at Golden Gate, so not really doing anything spectacular. And we bring her down to Santa Anita to run her in a stake race. And I say to my guy, one of my bloodstock guys, I'm like, dude, is, is, does she fit? And he says, well, the trainer likes her, and why not take a shot? 15 to 1 morning line, Sean. I think so little of our chances that I tape the race, I forget to bet. Dude, she went off at 70 to 1, and I'm at the market, Sean. Dude, my phone starts blowing up. Dude, did you just win a stake at 70 to 1? I'm like, holy shit, did that Philly win? Sean, I've bet every horse that we've had for the last 15 years, and I didn't hit the one that went off at 70 to 1, and she won. Do you believe that? Oh, my goodness. 70 oh, to man. 1. One of my guys goes, yo, bro, thanks for the tip, but don't sweat it. I'm sure there'll be lots of other 50 to 1s. I said, Broham, it was 70 to 1, and I forgot to hit it myself. Do you believe this? Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. Hey, we got to make each other a promise. Let's do this. Uh, your producer has my cell phone. Uh, when we get done, shoot me a text, and we're going to uh, link up for a day of racing uh, at Del Mar. I'll come out to California, and we'll go over where the surf meets the turf and have a good time. Best place ever, dude. Best place ever. You know I'll do that. So I will definitely hit you up. And this this quote that I'm talking about, straight up G, if all goes well, he'll run down there. So I would love to have you there that day. Sean, I listen, I didn't mean to keep you that long, but you are that good of a dude, and that's that good of a conversation. I appreciate you so much. I love getting caught up, man, and thank you so much for doing that. That was amazing. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Good luck with everything. You guys be blessed. My thanks to Sean King for showing up huge. It was so great to get caught up with him. He brought so much insight, so much candor. I mean, that is good, good stuff. Also, some tremendous gambling insight as well. He is sharp. He's fun. He's hilarious. That was exactly the kind of conversation that I expected from him and the kind of conversation that you can expect from this podcast every single week. I'm talking premium, unfiltered, and most importantly, free content that you're not going to find anywhere else. If you're interested in a whole lot more of that, I've got good news. No, great news. We are pumping out a brand new app every single week, like episode 219, which is going to land next week everywhere you get your podcast. So if you subscribe right now, that app will find its way to you the second it does drop, and you'll never have to deal with looking for it ever again. So consider smashing that subscribe button. And as always, thank you very much for supporting the original side hustle. I'll see you next time. I'm out.